Good morning, church. Week five of Giant Slayers. Come on, Giant Slayers series. Now, if this is your first uh, weekend with us, you're like, what is going on? Why is everybody rowdy? Well, it's because we have been on a five-week journey literally identifying giants and situations that are paralyzers that have stopped us and i'm believing that there's been miracles there's been testimonies there's been stories and i want you to keep believing i want you to keep holding on it's not just at the end of the series that what's happened what's not happened but this is an ongoing opportunity there's an ongoing invitation to identify the giants and to destroy the giants by the power and the name of jesus week one we looked at the purpose of a giant, I, I believe that was such an important thing because unless we know where things are from, we don't understand where they're going. And we established that week one, these giants were from the pits of hell and that's where they're going and that's where they're gone. Week two, we thanked the giants uh, because sometimes we need a giant in our space to birth the greatness that God has put within us. Week three, we had an incredible study about giants. And last week, I shared a message called Trash Talk which is about how a lot of times we think a giant is about action, but most times there is no action. Most times it's just trying to talk bad to us, about us, about our situation so that we can self-paralyze. And I think that is such an important uh, thing to get around. And I want to sort of repeat some of the things there because I want to share a few more thoughts. That's, that's quite personal to me. Uh, because I believe that the power of our words and thoughts play a massive role in influencing our, our, our headspace in, and including the space and the, the size of the giant that we're facing. Last week, I shared about Dr. Cho uh, and, and, and how he shared about in his book, the association between our words and our nervous system, how our mouth is the speech center. Today, I want to share a story, a personal story. This is not a story I read from a book. This is actually a person I met. There's a pastor in New Zealand. Uh, his name is Pastor Don McDonald. I've had coffees with him. Uh, we text each other every couple of months. Uh, so this is not a story of someone I read from a book. This is a personal story. Pastor Don is an incredible man of God. But around, uh, I would say, around 13, 14 years ago, he got hit by a semi-truck. And he got paralyzed from the head down. And so he was leading this driving church, and in the middle of that, gets hit by this truck, and he can't move, uh, and he's literally paralyzed. He's, you know, he can think, he can, he can talk, he can communicate, he's got life from, or movement or mobility from the mouth up, but nothing this way. And so what he begins to do is his church comes to him and says, uh, what's going to happen? Sorry, pastor. Like, and he said, I'm going to still lead the church because God's going to heal me. And his wife stood by his side and his wife literally led the church. He would tell her what to do. And, and that's what, and you know what Pastor Don did? He started listening to sermons. He started listening to sermons of faith. He started listening to the word of faith. And that's what I encourage you. Even this series, repeat it. Play it one more time. Get a hold of it. It's on YouTube. It's on different platforms. Not just this series, but whatever, whatever is speaking comfort and speaking strength and anointing into your situation, play that over and over. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. And so when we're constantly hearing it, faith begins to grow. So on one occasion, Pastor Dawn shared this story with me sitting in a cafe in Brisbane City. And even as I say it, I get so emotional. He was listening to a message by Dr. Cho, our friend. And he says the same thing over the message. In the message, he says the same story I read to you. He was 
having breakfast with the doctor, he shares this thing, and then he says that the mouth can control the nervous system. So Pastor Dawn's lying on his bed listening to it, and he's like, wait, wait a minute, the doctor told me my nervous system is messed up. So literally, Pastor Dawn starts saying, little finger, move. Little finger, move. Little finger, move. He does this for three days, and finally his little finger starts moving. Then his next finger starts moving. Then his hand starts moving. Then this hand starts moving. Then his feet starts moving. Then his legs start moving. His arms start moving. Friends, when I met Pastor Dawn in 2018 in Brisbane City in a cafe, every part of his body was moving. He was a well and truly active man. He's a walking, talking miracle. I, I, I'm praying that as I've shared that, that, that little story with you, that that's inspiring somebody. What is that thing in your life that you need to speak movement to? What is that mountain that you need to speak to? What is that space that you need to speak towards? What is it that you need to be speaking to? Last week was about declaration. This week is really about observation. Because we can declare all we want, but the clue in the miracle lies in the observation. And so the title of my message is The Anatomy of Goliath. The Anatomy of Goliath. We need to understand that in the anatomy of our giant lies its key to its destruction. A lot of times we think that we need to get this tool and we need to get that weapon. And people talk about, I took the, the sword of the spirit and the armor of God. Let me tell you that within the giant lies the seed of its own destruction. I want you to notice, I'm going to give you some clues here. The first thing you'll notice in the story of David and Goliath is that Goliath turn up, turns up to battle with a spear, a sword, and a shield. In fact, the Bible says he was a trained man and from his childhood was comfortable with warfare. He was comfortable with a shield. He was comfortable with a sword. He was comfortable with his spear. But I want you to notice how David turns up. David turned up in verse 45. David replied to the Philistine, you come to me. I want you to notice David made an observation of his weaponry. You come to me with the sword, with spear, and with javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. And then he replies, uh, uh, Goliath replies, am I a dog? You wrote, he wrote at David that you come at me with a stick. I want you to realize one thing about your giant. Your giant will entice you to meet him on his terms. David was the only person that rocked up to battle without a sword or a spear. And a lot of people thought that was his disadvantage. But what people needed to recognize was that that was his advantage. He was using a different form of weaponry that confused the giant. Could it be that so many of us are speaking to the giant in our world, or probably speaking too much to the giant in our world using the language of the giant? Should it be that we should be using another instrument? Because this is the same thing that the devil did. I don't know if you know the story in the Bible where de the devil tempts Jesus. And the devil says to Jesus, if you are the son of God, I want you to jump from the rooftop of this temple. Not once do we see Jesus went to the temple. Jesus took the measuring tape and sort of said, oh, I jumped that high when I was 14. Maybe I can do this now. Never once was there any discussion. Let me tell you, there are some battles you win by not turning up. There are some battles, you just don't turn up on those, on those terms. And I think some of us have been stuck in a battle that's gone too long 
because we've been playing by the rules of the enemy. We've been using the wrong equipments. We've been using their equipments. And I want to ask you the question, have you been playing the game with the giant by the giant's rule books? In fact, I, I will be teaching a lot more on this in our gangs. We've got circles that are meeting together, and we've got bonus content specifically catering to this. So the first thing we notice in the anatomy is the method of warfare. So the second thing we notice in the text is this little detail, and this is going to be the way the rest of my message is, this little detail that we can skip over. We read it, we, we will still not see it unless we understand the principle of Scripture called repetition. The Bible has this thing called repetition where one thing is said and then it's said again. And a lot of times we overlook it, but if you are a student of Scripture, you'll begin to understand that repetition is emphasis. So when Jesus says, truly, truly, when Jesus says, verily, verily, when then they say, alas, alas, when Jesus says, Martha, Martha, most times it's not that he's saying it twice, it's the writer trying to point us to a deeper detail. Uh, I want to really help identify this. I want to share a story I heard the other day. There was a story of a boy who got a new pair of contact lenses. The boy was so excited. He said, for once, I don't have to wear my glasses and go out to the field and play. And the mom was like, oh, no, that's not the contact lens. is just to make you look good at parties and wedding gatherings and family celebrations. And, and he's like, no, no, no. I want to. So he wears them. He goes to the park, starts playing. As he's playing, the contact lens falls off his eyes. The boy starts spending five minutes looking for it, and he can't find it. So he calls mom. Mom says, you know, what's going on? Mom, I've lost my contact lens. Mom turns up, and in a minute, she finds the contact lens. The boy says to the mom, Mom, I've been looking for my contact lens for almost 10 minutes. How did you find it in a minute? She says, son, you were looking for contact lenses. I was looking for $300. See, it's what you look for that you find. And I want to share with you, if all you see is what you see, then you haven't seen what is to be seen. And so I want to share a scripture in the David and Goliath battle that I really believe is the key to victory. Verse 26, then David spoke to the men who stood by him saying, what shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine, that he should defy the armies of the living God. So that's in verse 26. Scroll down 10 verses later, verse 36. You, your servant has killed both lion and bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. See, people were caught up by the big picture. They were caught up by how loud the giant was. They were caught up by the noise. When people were looking up, David was looking elsewhere. And he said, wait a minute, this guy has not been to the surgeon. This guy has not been to the hospital. And based on that premise, David gains all the confidence he needed. I want you to understand that the battle that you're facing is not always physical. It's not always intellectual. It's not always emotional. The battle that you're facing is spiritual. And David recognized one thing. David knew that he wasn't qualified, he wasn't experienced, he wasn't skilled, he didn't have the ability to take down this giant, but David knew one thing that you and I need to know. David knew that he had a covenant. He had a covenant. What is a covenant? A covenant is God's special promise to his people. 
A covenant is God saying, I've got you. A covenant is God saying, I've protected you. A covenant is God's special permission, God's special grant, God's special covering. In fact, this is what God calls you. God says that you are his child. In fact, the Bible says that we are his people and he is our father. We are his children and he is our dad. And you got to understand this. If you don't understand the covenant that you're a part of, you will not be able to occupy the spaces that God has for you. There are many who don't understand a covenant. Here's the truth. We can be in a covenant, but still not have the full power and blessing of of operating in our lives simply because we have not fully submitted under the covenant or appropriated that covenant. We can be in a relationship and still not appropriate the power of that relationship. I'll try and use this analogy to try and explain this for those of us that love sport. If you're looking at the game of soccer or looking at the game of basketball, if you're looking at a game of rugby, Aussie rules, whichever way, you've got, you've got the rule book. This is the way the ball needs to go. This is the teams, that number of people on team. These are the, this is the size of the stadium. There's all these rule books, right? But we, we all know that in the sporting world, there's not just the rule book, which is the rules, but there's also the playbook. And the playbook is the book of strategy. So a lot of us know the rule book, which is the Bible, which is the word of God. We know scriptures here and there. But there's something called the playbook. And the playbook is God's strategy for that moment. See, the reason why God could anoint David to take down Goliath was because David strategically understood what was his. David strategically recognized what was his. And this was the truth. Anybody on that field could have taken down Goliath. But nobody were playing by the playbook. They were just understanding the rule book. And so we got to understand this. I'm going to use another example. Uh, this is pre-COVID days when we could all be on an airplane and not think twice about it. But there's been occasions where when I would fly, I would have people in our church come with me. And uh, because uh, I, I've flown so much, I, I'm a frequent flyer with quite a few airlines uh, two airlines in particular, one's gone bankrupt, uh, but, but anyways, that's another story. But, but when I was in that particular airline, uh, because of my loyalty to them, uh, they, would, they would have like premium uh, entrance for me and you know, I was able to take an extra bag. Uh, you know, if there was an earlier flight, they would put me on an earlier flight for, for free. There was also this thing called the lounge, which was really the best part of it. Most times I would go early, not because I needed to go early, but really because I could go into the lounge, get some work done. Now, a lot of times what would happen is sometimes people from our church, from our team, from friends would come with me. Most times they did not, they were not able to, they were not as frequent of a flyer as me. But what would happen was because I had entrance to the lounge, Usually, I could bring one or two people with me to the lounge. Now, it's not because they have the same loyalty with the particular airline, but association with me brought about the, the, the loyalty. Are you with me? Association with me brought about the invitation. Here's what I'm trying to say. David knew that he wasn't qualified to take down Goliath, but he associated and appropriated the covenant relationship that he had with God as opposed to Goliath had with God. Goliath had no relationship, 
Goliath had no access point. Goliath was not from God. Goliath was not of God. Your giant has no permission. Your giant has no access point. Your giant is not of God. Your giant is not from God. And based on that premise, you can take down what is put in front of you. A covenant is like an umbrella. We only experience the full benefit of the umbrella's function if we are standing underneath it. And here's what David did. He just positioned himself underneath that umbrella, underneath that covenant. He said, God's got me. God's backing me up. See, see, when you understand the covenant that you have with God, what seems crazy to the world seems absolutely ordinary to you. To everybody else, it made no sense that David should run towards the giant. But to David, it made perfect sense that he could, he could go towards the giant. In fact, in verse 45, David's last words to the giant before he takes him down, he says, But I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. I want you to notice he calls God the God of hosts. He does not just say, I come to you in the name of God. In other words, he appropriated a certain name. The, the Lord of hosts is the Lord of army. In other words, maybe you're going through a disease and I want you to call on the God who heals all disease. Maybe you're going through a financial situation. I want you to call on Jehovah who can provide. Maybe you're going through a thing of where you're feeling pain and anxiety. I want you to call on Jesus, whose name is also the Prince of Peace. And the Bible says he holds you in perfect peace, those whose mind is fixed on you. What is it in your world that you're struggling with? What is the giant that you're facing that probably is going to position you to give you the clue that you need that is available from the name of God. In fact, Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10, it says, the name of the Lord is a fortified tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. Do you know why David went towards Goliath? It wasn't because it was David who went towards Goliath. It was because David was under the banner of God. And what Goliath did not know was on that day, it wasn't David who turned up, it was God who turned up. And I want you to know the problem that you're facing on the day that you're about to take it down. I believe that day would be today. I believe that day is today. That it is not just you facing it, but it's God facing it with you. He's by your side. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And so here's what I want to do. I want, I want you to find a name. Maybe it's a name you need to get a hold of. Maybe that name is hope. Maybe that name is peace. Maybe that name is breakthrough. Maybe that name is provision. I want you to find a name and hold on to that name. And I want to pray with you. Father, I pray for every person. If you're able to, I want you to just stretch your hands out to the screen. Set your hands out to this, to this atmosphere. Just lift your hands up, Father, in the name of Jesus. We come not because of my name or because of our name. We come under your name. And Lord, we face this giant that is there. And I thank you for the breakthroughs that's already happened. But I declare in the name of Jesus that today is that day. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that the anointing shall break every bondage. The, the Spirit of God shall break every situation. I command chains of anxiety, chains of depression, chains of heaviness, chains of fear, chains of panic, chains of disease, chains of financial lack in the name of Jesus be 
broken today. I thank you, God, for victory. I thank you, God, for breakthrough. Now start opening up your mouth and start praising Him. Lord, we praise you. Lord, we worship you. We thank you, God, for the breakthrough. We thank you, God, for the victory. Come on, if you can pray in that unknown language, if you can pray in the Spirit, take a moment right now to pray. We thank you, God. We worship you. We lift our voices. We thank you that you are good. We give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. We thank you that the victory is ours because the battle is yours. We praise you, God. We praise you for this moment. We praise you for the victory. We praise you for the breakthrough. I believe that God shifted something in the room. I believe that there's transformation happening. And I want you to get a hold of that today. I believe today could be that day that things can shift. It could be a seed that's been dropped in your spirit. It could be a thought. It could be a word. It could be something that God's just dropped in your mind that could be the key to your breakthrough. Father, I thank you for your church. I thank you for the freedom that we are all experiencing together. Lord, we thank you for the giants that's been slain. We thank you for the victory that's come. We thank you, God, that you have surely Bless us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. We give you all the glory. In your name we pray. Amen.